Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Soul Path Podcast. Today, I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with Anna Marie, who is a life coach out of Seattle, Washington. She shares with us so much insight into Tantra, into the connection between the physical and the spiritual, how every personality learns from a different modality, uh, ways of getting the analytical mind to experience authentic spiritual connection. It's just a rich conversation. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in and I'll look forward to checking in with you at the end. Welcome to the Soul Path Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you? Thank you so much for inviting me. I am really well today here in Seattle. It's so wonderful today. And uh, when the weather is nice in Washington, we celebrate. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I had no idea you are in Washington, in Seattle, Washington. Yes, correct. Okay. I just moved to Washington state uh, last summertime. So I'm in Washington too. So oh, yeah. That's cool. They're having nice weather today, and it's <laughs> it's wonderful because it's been kind of cold and windy lately. Yes. Yeah, I just came back from my walk, and I feel so good. The sunshine makes me feel just so grateful. Uh, so it's such a wonderful day to connect. The sun is out, and the mood is uh, on. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so on the Soul Path podcast, it's really all about exploring the spiritual journey and just sharing and learning from each other's experiences. So today I'm looking forward to hearing your story and, and hearing your perspective on the spiritual journey, on human potential, on growing and kind of maximum expression and all of that stuff. So I like to start out with just a fun uh icebreaker, easy opener. So life is, people are, I am. If you could finish those sentences just for fun, go for it. Oh, perfect. I love that. Uh, life is beautiful. Uh, what was the second question? People are. People are full of potential. Oh. What and was the last I am. And I am grateful for being here. Ah. Beautiful. I love the presence. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So people are so full of potential. This is something that uh, I think we share a passion for that. Just it's amazing how much each person, if somebody is really lit up, they're so full of life and so full of love and energy and light. Boom, it just shines out and it really makes the world a better place. I mean, this is what lights the darkness, I feel like. And uh, it seems to me like the the key to that, to activating that, is a, it's a matter of the spiritual journey, right? It's elevating spiritual awareness, and that's uh, that's kind of what I want to dig into today a little bit. So when I say, let's talk about the spiritual journey, what's the first thing that kind of comes to your mind? Oh, this is a wonderful question. And I wanted to say how um, thrilled I am to be here because this is something that I've been uh, uh, I've been a part of for many years since I was a teenager. Uh, this is when I first uh, started to learn more about spirituality and the way I define spirituality. Uh, for me, it's coming home to who we are, uh, ascension through uh, our paths in this body. And for me, the my personal goal with my spiritual journey is to get to a place when I feel um, so true to myself that the ego mind is no longer <laughs> interfering with my life purpose. And so in the past, um, I would say 10 years solid, I've been uh, going to the through the rabbit hole of self-awareness and so interestingly enough, my spiritual journey didn't be begin with meditation. And that's kind of interesting. So in the beginning, I was mostly interested in um, researching the, the anthropological aspect of religion across cultures, Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism. I've studied religion. Um, and when I say studied uh, outside of the 
um, of the doctrine, just how people find uh, some sort of a connection to another higher power. I've always been intrigued by that. And I was uh, brought up in an environment when my my mom is a very spiritual person. So I've always had that um, privilege to see life as more than the mundane. So long story short, I've always been intrigued by what's out there. And I'm Aquarius. For those of you who believe in astrology, I am uh, innately curious about the world. And I've always had an open mind. I've always been intrigued by uh, what's out there, as I said. So my spiritual journey became with this question, what's there? And, And then when I was 20... Four. When I was twenty-four, I started meditating seriously. So, in, the, in just to pause for a second, I'm curious: <laughs> what's there? The question, you know, what's there? Was that a question of what's uh, like? What is there in life, or what is out there in the universe, or or how was that question coming through you for you? Oh, thank you for clarifying that. Uh, yes. Yeah, so when I when I refer to what's out there. I really think about the laws of the universe. And of course, when I was a teenager, I didn't know about quantum physics, right? Uh, So for me, it's it's began with this just um, inquiry and quest, like the hero's journey, if we are to quote Campbell, it was it was really a point of self. Uh, inquiry. And long story short, I'm not going to go into detail, but I had, um, as many people, uh, trauma that I had to deal with. So it came from this place of just trying to get back to my essence and to leave the darkness. Because when I was uh, like uh, late teens, I had a moment of like, you know, temptation to get in the shadows because that was my you know, me trying to escape from what was haunting me. But I believe that my entire life, I've always felt that there was some uh, strong power that was trying to pull me back to the light. I've always felt that. So for me, when I when I refer to what's out there, when I was a teenager, I didn't know what it was. I just, I was following my gut, my instincts, yeah. my intuition. I didn't have a, a specific goal. And of course, later on, when I started to get more serious, in my early 20s, then I started to have the, the clear goal that what's there, it's it's about me getting involved in meditation and, and transcending the ego. So by this point, what's there had some sort of a goal. But before that, it was just me uh, acting on an instinct to get back in the light, yeah. if that makes sense. Would you describe that as spiritual instinct? I'm curious. <laughs> that's a fun question uh i love that see i've never really thought about it as a spiritual instinct uh but i think you're right because like i said i've always had a very strong sense of connection to something uh like i i used to call it my soul i've always felt connected to my soul but in a way it can be a spiritual instinct because i'm so um grateful that my entire life I've had a very strong connection to to who I am, and and that's why I was able to discover my life purpose in my twenties, uh, straight after college. This is when I became a coach and I follow my dream. So I've always kind of had this like very strong GPS, spiritual GPS, mm-hmm. uh, if we want to call it that. But then something that I find that it's it, it can interfere with our spiritual GPS is when we when we get in the matrix or when we uh, allow the ego to search for security. And of course, security is very important. We all want security. That's part of our basic human needs. However, the ego always wants validation and confirmation and clear answers. And spirituality, you have to play full out. So when I refer to what's out there, for me, it's also being able to disallow the rational mind to interfere with how we decipher what's out there. So for me, when I get into this like um, very deep uh, experiences of uh, self-inquiry, sometimes it's about just kind of searching the synchronicities and the signs. And and I learned to shut down my mind because I have a very, uh, I have the tendency to be very analytical I'm a cerebral sign, like I said, Aquarius. So I tend to um, 
like I, I love to journal, which is great. And I think it's a very important um, uh, field of self-exploration. But when it comes to spirituality, I find that sometimes for my personality, it's actually more beneficial to kind of shut down the software and just allow my soul to be connected to whatever is out there. And that's why I specifically use the um, the qualifier there because for me, at least, I just feel that this spiritual power, I, I like to call it the, the higher self. And I just want to be in that realm that does not belong to a certain doctrine or a religion, or I, I don't even consider myself a, Bud- a Buddhist or a Taoist. I just kind of, I just don't want to have any labels around me. And this way I feel the most connected. Yeah. I'm really, I'm super intrigued because I feel uh, that really resonates with me as far as the connection to self. And that's something I always felt I had a very unique upbringing that allowed me to spend a lot of time with myself alone in nature. And so as I was going through this and I had the, uh, the good fortune of being introduced to meditation at a young age through martial arts. And through the meditation at a young age, I started to realize, oh, I'm a, I can witness my mind. I can be aware of my mind. So I'm not just my body. You know, if a bear chews off my arm, I'm still me. Uh, and I'm not just my mind because my mind is always changing. I can witness this. And so who am I? And what's the most important thing for me to learn in life? I thought it's got to be to figure out who am I? What is this witness or this awareness within me? And so with that connection to that inner self, I went on a quest of, you know, it's a lifelong quest ultimately, but I've, I've studied, I have a, my college degree is in philosophy. So I've studied uh, kind of at that level, but I've also just been out and engaged and involved in a lot of different spiritual communities over the year, uh, over the years. And what I find is that everybody's spiritual journey is different and it's unique. And there is within the context of kind of the full spectrum from what would be considered traditional religion to, uh, you know, new age doctrine and uh, even cutting science, you know, the evolution of consciousness, quantum physics, you know, and the, the maximum human expression that way within all of that, there is a common core. And I think when you said spiritual instinct, I feel like that is it. I think that as human beings, we have a spiritual instinct and it's drawing us in. We crave to connect with divinity. However, we define that good old divinity. I like to say G-O-D, good old divinity, God, uh, the essence of life itself, you know, yes. the sum of everything that is, you know, that's what we seek to connect with. And this is the journey, the spiritual journey to make that connection over and over and over again. Uh, this is my perspective. So I'm curious in your in your journey, you had shared that your your mom uh, was a, was spiritual. What what kind of what was her flavor of spirituality? How did you experience spirituality in her presence? Oh, this is a wonderful question. And before I respond, just you uh, go back to what you just said because it's another commonality that we seem to share. Uh, so you said that you were introduced to meditation through spiritual uh, spiritual arts, <laughs> martial arts. And one of the my, one of my core passions in life is dance. I'm also a dancer. And uh, when I was taking contact improvisation, uh, one of my degrees is in dance, and we used to meditate before we dance so that was very cool and it just it just reminded me of this practice and and for me my other major is um, uh, in international studies and it the reason I'm saying that is because interestingly enough my dance major taught me way more about life than this like super intense academic major because for me this somatic awareness and being able to detach yourself from what's going on and and, and be aware of the space and our kinesthetic intelligence, which I feel it's so undermined in the Western society. And I think this is why meditation is such a powerful tool for taming our our, um, physiology, because when you are able to sit and be present and allow yourself to be uncomfortable in that position, it it really teaches you mental discipline, uh, which I find to be so important. And that's why, as you said, um, spirituality can be such a 
such a strong, powerful medium of self uh, development. Um, but so we can talk about this for for hours. So <laughs> I'm going to go back to your question. So my mom, she's um, amazing. Uh, I am so uh, I've always felt that we were supposed to be in uh, this relationship, parent daughter. Even though I feel like sometimes it's kind of the opposite. Sometimes I felt like I was <laughs> parent, uh, but um, I'm so. Glad that she she's a very she's like a light worker, um, and and even though I'm Bulgarian, this is my ethnicity, and I was brought up in the like Orthodox Orthodox Christian environment. However, I'm very happy that my mom never uh, imposed like the Bible on me. It was all about the meaning. So I'm very happy that I was brought up with that um, knowledge that everything in the Bible is just a symbolism of something else. So it was never this like, like you know, how <laughs> Catholicism can have this like superiority. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was uh, raised in an environment when it was all about understanding the 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 consciousness and and just trying to be a good person that's something i learned from my mom and and like i said this uh, dichotomy darkness light and my mom is a very uh curious person as well so we um we always we, we tend to have these conversations even even now um about things that she's doing and i'm doing and uh there is one spiritual teacher in bulgaria that is kind of famous for the Bulgarian community. His name is Peter Donov, and he's also like a spiritual teacher um, who who um, who teaches about again this uh, how can we use uh, yoga and meditation and and our spiritual uh, journey as as a way of of of, of receiving this um, level of um, humility. And, and you know, what I love about uh, um, this story of Buddha uh, is that when he was asked, are you enlightened? He said, no, I'm just awake. And I love that. And I think this is uh, really what I was taught as a child, just being more aware mm. uh, and, and searching the goodness in people. That's, that's something else that I'm very happy that I was able to uh, adopt, uh, and this goes back to the beginning of this conversation. Uh, that mindset that people are innately good, not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because some people are not awakened to their goodness, it doesn't mean they're not good people. It means that they just have some baggage that they need to deal with. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's such a human thing, you know, for for all of us to share that. I suppose that you know we we pick up ideas, we pick up beliefs, we pick up, you know, all kinds of perspectives that are, are maybe not accurate. And it ties into something you said early, and this becomes our baggage, you know, that it becomes uh, a mental mirage, it becomes a set of lenses or illusions that are, it's creating distortion in the way that we perceive life. And so then we get all caught up emotionally reacting to the illusion, <laughs> you know, of what our mind thinks is real, but maybe is not real. But if we come back to spiritual awareness and we can elevate the awareness of what is real right now. And like you said, somatic, I think earlier, just, just being, uh, being present, intentionally present. What is real right now? Can I feel the air on my skin? Can I feel the breath moving in and out of my body? Can I feel my heartbeat? Can I sink into that level of my own existence and then from there, expand my awareness out, not just mentally projecting, filtering, labeling, judging, but actually perceiving. Mm-hmm. I'm The reason I was curious about your, uh, your relationship with your mom's spirituality was because I find uh, a lot of times people's uh, spiritual journey begins with a departure from you know, they're maybe they grew up with one particular set of beliefs. And then at some point they began to question, uh, I don't know if I really believe all of these things, you know, for example, if somebody was raised into a dogmatic church, uh, where they were really being taught, this is the word of God, and it's inerrant, and there's no other way, <laughs> Yeah. then then uh, they might question that at some point. And then it can create contention in family, uh, mm-hmm. when people believe different things and all of that. And that can oh, become a big part 
of a spiritual journey for somebody mm-hmm. having to redefine what do I believe? If I don't believe what everybody I love tells me is true, what do I know is true? And it sounds to me like that is not your your experience was more like you are grateful for your mom's open-minded, open heart, her curiosity. Uh, she can learn from the wisdom. Yes, there's great uh, wisdom in stories and Catholicism and in any religion. If we pay attention and yeah. learn from the, you know, from the spirit of it and not get caught up in the dogma mm-hmm. and all of that. And so that, yeah. uh, that really just kind of set you free. It sounds like on your journey mm-hmm. uh, in, in your, in all of your experiencing and seeking through Taoism, Buddhism, uh, et cetera. Was there any one phase that just really caught you for a while and you you spent time kind of devoted into study of that one path? Was that, did, that, did you ever experience that? Oh, yes, for sure. Uh, and, and something you just mentioned, uh, just, to, just to clarify, I had a, a, a moment of transition when I was, like I said, in my late uh, teens. And this is when I realized that I don't want to call myself um, orthodox. Mm. Uh, and this is when I was starting to have this quest for a, a different perspective, even though I was never uh, I was never raised in a dogmatic uh, religion, um, a religious um, um, context, I still felt that this was not my full embodiment mm. of my spiritual practice. And something else you mentioned that is so important, uh, what I do in my coaching is to help people to understand how they beliefs about the world were uh, got derived from their upbringing. Mm-hmm. And it's a very important because for all of a lot of people, when they start to lose that belonging to these beliefs, their brain is tricking them to believe that they're losing belonging to their family, mm-hmm. which is not true at all. Uh, so I'm very happy that uh, my mom was so supportive of my spiritual growth because ultimately, and that's something that I think it's worth mentioning that doesn't matter who is believing God, almost all of us that call ourselves spiritual people, we believe that there is something out there. <laughs> and I think, you know, we are more connected in that belief that we are different in how we want to talk about this belief. Uh, so something that happened with my practice, uh, you asked if I was um, kind of, uh, if I uh, had a moment of like one very particular um, interest that was uh, uh, catching my mind. And from what I remember, so I was kind of going through cycles, but I was definitely intrigued by Buddhism when I started. But then there was some aspects of Buddhism that didn't completely resonate with me. Uh, Like, for example, Buddhism kind of almost um, does not accept desires uh, as as important. And uh, I believe that having desires is very important for us. Uh, so then I decided to search a different perspective. And that's why I was introduced to, um, to Taoism and even Tantra, which is, of course, as you know, Tantra is way more than sexual practice. It's how we can bridge the Eastern and the Western perspectives. And that resonated with me because I wanted to build a business that is uh, abundant, that has financial prosperity. And I'm the kind of person that I like to, you know, be in a, in a wonderful relationship with my partner and so forth. So I, I do not um, shy away from the physical pleasures, right? Uh, so for me, I just wanted to find a way to find that space. And that's why I loved how, for example, in Tantra, it's it's uh, finding God through intimacy. Mm-hmm. And that, that caught my interest a lot. And, um, and for me, it's very... Um, it resonates with my personality. I'm a passionate person. So for me, it was very this is when i really found myself that it's about acknowledging the present moment acknowledging that we are living in the west adopting the eastern principles and ultimately searching another level of existence and that's something that is really my pivotal was my pivotal point when i decided that no no matter what happens with my life no matter if i reach my goals or i don't reach my goals I will have this deep level of bliss 
And this is this is if I am to recall one specific moment in my life that really opened this channel was when I was um, I believe I was twenty five and I was going through um, a healing journey and I, I I'm not going to talk about it but in a, in a very like a brief summary I wanted to do a cleanse and just kind of um, to, uh, to to conclude the cleanse with a spiritual. Um, kind of a ritual and it was amazing because my body I was uh, I did a fast and then at the end like my body was just so open how long uh, was your fast um not in extreme uh it was a wick mm-hmm. uh and yeah it was awesome actually it's one of the best things of them um and you know how when the body accumulates some toxins from the past and you just kind of uh release everything and then I remember that I with my meditation and the, what I remember from this moment was like the most amazing sensations I've ever had the mindless when you just you are like part with everything and you feel so good it's like you're on drugs <laughs> Uh, and that was that for me and I was like I don't care how how or um how would I call myself or not call myself? I just, at this moment, I stopped caring about any labels at all. And I just was like, this is it. I feel myself. I feel authentic. I feel connected. And I don't care if that's the right way to do it or not. I just feel that this is my practice. That is it. Like you knew exactly in that moment, like this is my spiritual connection, period. Yeah. Right? Like that's, uh, this is how I experience divinity in this body, in this moment. It's the magic, right? That's where it's at. I think of Tantra and I think of that, you know, is, is, um, it's a fusion. It's a, it's a, it is the bridge between the physical and the spiritual, but it's a union of that. And of course, mind, body, soul. So the mind and the emotion, the mind is, is really can be elsewhere, but you know, the whole experience is so visceral. It, it, there is no, uh, it's an undeniable experience. It's, it's an, you, it's, uh, yeah, it, that's a pretty awesome spiritual path. And so at that point, then your experience, uh, was more like, did you, did you take that path and say, you know what, Tantra, I'm going to, I'm going to study this as a path for my own spiritual development and to continue that. Is that where you went from that point? Wow. You're like a detective. Yes. (laughs) This is exactly what happened. Uh, so interestingly enough, I, I really feel that like when I look back how my life unfolded, I feel like at any given moment and any, any given phase, I was given uh, the, the, the like the perfect modality to get to the next level. Mm. And I think that every single personality learns from a different different modality. And I've always been um, good with uh, teaching uh, I started teaching dance when I was a teenager and I've always been uh, naturally good with like en- engaging people. And uh, what happened, this was just before the pandemic. It was so interesting. Uh, I really wanted to uh, learn more about Tantra. And, and I know that for me, the best way to learn something is to teach it to other people. Uh, so this is what I did. And I was actually working with people who were like very like here in Seattle, like software engineers, people who are so in the mental and, and they were, they were interested in um, finding a spiritual practice that would make sense to them. And the hook was that, yeah, if you learn how to do Tantra, this will help with your relationship. Right. And of course, you know, that it's way more than that. And they were very intrigued by it, that it's actually not just about benefiting your uh, relationship. It's benefiting your inner world and your digestion, your stress management, everything else. So I was doing this for like, I think one or two years. And, and it was amazing for me because it helped me to release some of my old, uh, limiting beliefs um, and it really helped me to see the beauty in every single person to see the light in every person to release judgment um, that that was a very uh, important practice for me because um, I admit that even to this day I admit that I sometimes find myself holding on on some old judgment towards people who are not who have the means to 
change their diet or uh, adopt a meditation practice or whatever else they need to do and they don't do it. Uh, and and I, I continuously remind myself that everybody's on their own journey and you cannot force anybody to heal. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyways, in this, uh, in this, in this, uh, this phase, I was given that opportunity to uh, help uh, these people to adopt a a spiritual practice that will make sense to them. And it was just before the, the pandemic hit. Uh, so it was like two years of uh, deep involvement. And it was really great because um, I was, um, you know, meditating too with them. And uh, it was really cool. And I was pretty much getting paid to meditate. <laughs> uh, so that that was a great, uh, great time of my life when I was, doing that for so long every day. And uh, one day I, I might uh, resume this practice. Uh, th- there is a difference be- between like meditating 10 minutes and meditating for one hour. <laughs> <laughs> the huge difference. So on your meditation, where where did you pick up? I mean, was it through Tantra that you got turned on to meditation or had you picked it up someplace else at that point? Oh, uh, so I was first introduced to meditation um, way before, uh, before that, uh, when I was 24, I'm 30 now. So when I was 24, um, I, I felt that it was the time to do it. And I think I wasn't um, open to do it before uh, because I was still dealing with a lot of uh, shadow work. And, and I was actually... Uh, petrified of of being in stillness because I was afraid that if I was in stillness I would hear all of these voices and I wasn't willing to do that um, because they did these voices for <laughs> not fun mm-hmm. uh, but when I was 24 I realized that this was the only way to face the the past and uh, if you remember we were at the same meeting last week and I kind of mentioned about this that for me the only way to uh, I knew that the only way to let go of the past was to go in the past and just uh, be fully present and acknowledge what happened and just let it go. So this is when I started meditating. And I remember that when I started, um, I didn't follow a specific um, way of meditating. I just kind of um, would close my eyes and listen to meditation music and 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 train my mind to 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 get comfortable with silence so this is when i started like a very rudimental meditation practice of just keeping my eyes closed and and training my mind to open up my pineal gland and then eventually i trained my mind to get to this place of complete stillness and when i got to this point i was like wow this is so amazing and like once you once you experience what it is to to be part of everything and nothing at the same time and and be like outside of time i think it's you cannot go back <laughs> yeah it's, uh, yeah exactly you don't uh you can't unlive the experience it, though it does unfold in layers uh my experience with meditation but the it's curious to me how how interesting that uh you were at a place in life at one point where the silence was uncomfortable and there was things in that that was you didn't want to go there and so it's something that seems so simple you had mentioned uh you know people not taking care of their bodies or they're you know they're not eating well they're not making not making good choices for themselves Mm -hmm. gosh you know uh we don't want to hurt ourselves surely nobody wants to do something that's going to be intentionally harmful and yet an honest evaluation, if we were to evaluate, you know, all of our actions, the truth of the matter is we we kind of constantly do choose things, little things, big things, depending on where we're at in the path. But there's a there's a cycle of self and self-induced suffering where we do things in spite of the wisdom and lessons life has taught, right? So it's like, oh, I learned I shouldn't, you know, overeat or I shouldn't indulge in a bunch of sugar or I shouldn't do that, you know what I mean? And yet the temptation, the inertia still exists for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. uh, and this is part of the growing up process, the spiritual growth process. I think is a refining of that. It's a refining of of our desire. I really love what you said about tantra. You know what? One of the things in Buddhism that you felt 
was just didn't resonate with you was this whole desire, like shunning desire, desire is bad. And mm-hmm. I agree with, with your analysis of that. Exactly. Like that is, we, we are born with desire. It is innate. It is embedded in us. We crave desire. Yeah. You know, everything from a baby craving the warmth of a, a parent, you know, a loving hog, uh, to craving food, to craving, uh, you know, eat, sleep and procreate, you know, we need to express ourselves. We need to connect. We need to contribute. We have desires. And in fact, we're driven by desire and yes, desire can drive us off a cliff. If we're not careful, it can drive us into addiction. It can drive us into patterns of harmful behavior, but desire is also the catalyst for creation. You know, so if we have the desire to create something, be it a a beautiful dance or a masterpiece or a business or, you know, whatever, we can envision and project an intention that comes from inner inspiration, from spiritual inspiration, soul level inspiration. And from that comes the desire, with that, I should say, comes the desire to make it happen and to manifest that. And then comes the question of how. And so then, we work through the baggage, then we go through all these processes, and the meditation is such a powerful tool. So many people are getting online when I mean uh, coming, it's coming mainstream. Meditation, mindfulness, more people are like, oh yeah, I need to check that out. Mm-hmm. Why don't people do it? It's as simple as just stopping and taking a deep breath. The answer, I think, is very related to your own experience. Uh, my, I would speculate that yeah. uh, many people could relate to that. Just un, like, what am I doing sitting here? You know, the mind's going crazy. They're uncomfortable. There's things they're thinking about. Maybe things they're feeling in their own body that they don't want to feel, you know? And uh, if we don't go through that discomfort, that internal, I call it the deep work or the, the hard work of the heart, uh, we really diminish or we lessen our ability to sense the sensual connection. So Tantra is all about sensual connection, like the most intimate connection with life to the extent that somebody can't even sit with their own breath and being for a minute there, that disconnect is creating a disconnect from that, you know, that sensual enjoyment of life. And it's so, uh, it's hard to see that happen, but it's also exciting to know that, by coaching, uh, by helping people, by having conversations like this, talking about it, getting people fired up, realizing that we can wake up to mm-hmm. the fact that we are, you know, we are pure energetic awareness. We are incredible cosmic creatures. We have this ability to create and to connect and to do that. And that's exciting. And so, yes, I have to deal with some inner work and some junk and some issues. I have to learn. I have to grow. I have to let go. Uh, there's pretty easy tools that we can use to do that. but. Uh, you know, sometimes we just need to involve the right people. <laughs> you know, we need accountability yes. coaches and stuff like that. So absolutely. In, uh, in the experience of where you're at now, how uh how often do you do you meditate now? Is it like you're just there all the time, or do you have it like a, a regular practice of meditation? Because you had mentioned it like a, a, a discipline, right? Meditation is a discipline. <laughs> uh, yeah, in a way, it is. Um, it's. I, I love that you use the word discipline, but it is a discipline. And you know, for me, that uh, that saying that um, structure equals freedom. It's exactly how I am able to run my business and work for myself. Did you say uh, structure equals freedom? Yes. And uh, if I'm to elaborate a little bit, so what I mean by that is uh, I create enough structure in my life so that I can live the rest of my my life in complete emotional, financial, spiritual freedom. And how I how do I do that when I am very uh, structured in my morning routine and, and, and how I take care of myself. So these are things that never change, no matter what the day would unfold for me. So every morning I'll have my uh, routine that incorporates a workout and, um, and a meditation. And um, what I do with my coaching calls, we do meditation at the end of every um, every session. So that's also um, giving me that sense of connection. Uh, and I also create guided meditations for my clients, which is so amazing because 
Um, it's different when I create a meditation for somebody else because I feel like I'm a channel for them. But when I do my own meditation, it's just like me talking to my higher self at this point. Uh, so these are my, um, this is the framework of my days. And something else that I do is to make sure that I'm in a elevated emotional state. And yeah. uh, for me, that's it's how I started the conversation. What makes me feel really good, really happy is being outside and and finding things to be grateful for. And, and that's really how meditation for me is such a important part of manifestation. Because when you are in this space, you first of all, you you realize that everything is a construct. Everything is an illusion in a way, uh, including money. Uh, and I feel like when we are in this meditation space, we can really um, create our reality because in the meditation space, first of all, you really lose, a, lose a, like the, uh, the superficial concept of time. First of all, uh, like, for example, when I do a couple session and on Zoom at the moment and we'll do a meditation, which will be sometimes 50 minutes. And, and by the end of it, they were like, wow, we felt it was like five minutes. Yeah. And it just goes to show about how uh, malleable time is. Mm-hmm. I, one thing I want to say this because it's uh, I, I have a saying for myself that structure supports successful spontaneity. And I have told this to myself, structure supports successful spontaneity. And it means the same thing. Structure is freedom, right? So everything is always in motion. I like to be in the flow and very fluid and, you know, all this. But in order to succeed at that and actually get stuff done, <laughs> you know, to achieve results and, and that feel good to me, I have to create a structure. And then how do we create the best structure? It is what you said. For me, my saying is be fit, be focused, be happy in that order. I have to take care of myself physically because my physical body is the easiest thing to, you know, it's easy to do push-ups or go for a walk. That affects my brain, that affects my emotion, that affects everything. And so that elevates my state of being. So by creating the structure, we are uh, using our time and energy in the most efficient way, right? So we get the biggest return on investment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's really So, but even maybe more exciting to me or more interesting, uh, intriguing in what you were saying is the element of creating meditation tracks. So I have, um, I have an audio package called mindful moments and it talks people through different, uh, to experience different breathing techniques. Cause there are so many, and I've, I love studying all of the different breathing techniques. Uh, and then I got a few of my own special ones, but what I found is, uh, I've also created meditation tracks for myself. And I incorporate this like self-suggestion, so almost like self-hypnosis. And I have one for when I'm in the shower. I have one for when I'm, if I'm like stuck on something, you know, I just stop and I play, you know, and it's got my singing bowls, bing, you know, and, and then it takes me into this place. And so I'm wondering, uh, I'm curious if you have any experience with, in your journey, any experience with self-suggestion, affirmation, and <laughs> have, does this ever blend to you with meditation? Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you so much for asking that. Like the moment when you started to talk about your practice with like self-suggestions. Yeah, I do this even to this day. Yeah. Uh, and that change, it really rewired my unconscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done it for so many for so many different reasons and the results are remarkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that I, for me, that's how this, <laughs> that's why I always say that you have to build confidence from competence. And for me, it's so important to, um, to walk my talk. So everything that I do in my coaching, I do it on myself. <laughs> uh, so yes, I'm definitely uh, into perspective meditation and uh, self-suggestions or affirmations. Uh, now, I was first introduced to affirmations through the work of Louis Hay, uh, again, when I was 24. And what I was doing at the time was, oh, it's another interesting story. So uh, in my last year at the University of Washington here in Seattle, I did a very comprehensive one-year uh, study on the, it was on contact improvisation and how does our cultural bringing our self-talk and our confidence affects our body language and how do we uh, 
are with other people in space. So I had uh, volunteers and I was asking them questions. And within this year, I was studying, I was reading books on neuroscience, on um, dance therapy. And this is when I started to use affirmations on myself too, to kind of see how my patterns can be disrupted mm-hmm. through NLP. So anyways, long story short, what was I doing with these affirmations was to uh, read an affirmation, let's say the affirmation, I am enough. And at the time, I wasn't feeling enough at all. So instead instead of feeling bad about it, I'll write in my journal and say, why do I not feel um, enough today? How can I feel a little bit a little bit more enough than I am right now. And this was, and I was doing this with a lot of self-love and self-understanding and self-compassion. And then I started to unpeel the layers. And then I realized that I wasn't feeling now because I was still uh, trapped in this very limited mindset of like, uh, having this imperfectionism and, and trying to be quote unquote perfect, which was an illusion created by my ego, which was part of my childhood trauma and so forth. doesn't matter right now. What I'm saying is that I was just following the, the train of thought. And then eventually I developed my, my own method of affirmations. That's why I, I, I really believe that for some people there is, there is, um, a lot of advantage to work with somebody one-on-one to get this customization. So what I do when I create affirmations for, for my clients, for example, I would use their language and now help them to use a very specific language that their unconscious mind can understand. Mm-hmm. And for example, if someone wants to, yeah, a lot of people want to earn more money. So if you if you tell yourself, I'm becoming a millionaire, and then your unconscious mind is like, no, you're not. And there, <laughs> we, we, we have a cognitive dissonance. But something, something that is a very powerful affirmation is that every day, in every way, I'm discovering new ways to earn more money doing what I love. And of course, if that's combined with the line action, you can absolutely get there. And that's why it's very important to know how to do these affirmations correctly. So you're you're actually asking for what you really want. Uh, Because if you just say, I want you uh, earn more money, and then, yeah, you can earn more money, but that doesn't mean you're going to be happier because you can earn more money doing virtually anything. And for me, that's why we, we talk about spiritual and emotional and financial freedom, because in that moment, you really manifest from your heart instead of ego. And, and that's why meditation is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's uh, a great transition. Manifestation is a, it's kind of a hot topic right now. Like people are getting into it. They're like, wow, what, what is this law of attraction deal? What is this? Like I'm, I'm putting out these vibes and I'm getting it back and like attracts like, and, you know, so my outer world is uh, reflecting my inner world and, you know, as above, so below and all this stuff. And it's like an awakening. People are going, whoa, you know, some people are like, you know, surely this crappy life of mine could not reflect anything crappy inside of me, you know, (laughs) so it works both ways, but I do see this as a manifestation of human potential. So, uh, Somebody, we all go through journey, hero's journey, you mentioned early, you know, mm-hmm. and so we go through the trials of tribulation, we come back, we've got something to share with the tribe, kind of the short version, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when we're going on the spiritual journey, I see it as a lifelong thing. So I'm a, there's going to be a, several hero journeys in my life where I, maybe I go off on this journey and then that journey, and then I come back and, you know, that's how. So uh, when you see... The path of spirituality as personal growth, you know, this is human development. It's developing our highest potential. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. So from that point, then, if we're developing ourselves as individuals, and of course, then we can give more and contribute more. uh, What's the what's the peak experience what's the peak's personal experience in your mind is it is it the the buddha enlightenment is it the tantra you know the visceral in the moment you know the, this this is all that is real is right now uh, mm-hmm. 
Is it the manifestation of spiritual gifts? You know, like we can cultivate, we can align our energy centers, chocolate alignment, you know what I mean? Open the third eye, manifest amazing gifts in the world. I mean, how how do you see, how would you describe spiritual potential for humanity? A wonderful question. Thank you. So something that I've been playing a lot recently is uh, ascension through the Merkaba and and reaching a point of uh, going through the um, ninth and in 11 chakras. Uh, so that's something that I'm now striving for. Um, and I think the, the, the way to do that is to first really acknowledge the physical body. I love what you said about like the, the, the being fit, of course, beyond being fit physically, but like being fit emotionally, mentally, and 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 also interpersonally in your communications, in your center. So first, that's why the chakras have a, a, a number for a reason, because as the saying goes, everything starts in the root chakra. So we have to be patient with the process and build up as we are building a house. And I think when we do that, then it's it's really going beyond beyond what's what's right there and that's something that i've been playing a lot recently uh, going in there down the rabbit hole and and searching for this new level of ascension so that's something that i've been very interested in and i think when it comes to the human potential i think the human potential is best um achieved through this deep level of self-actualization or self-awareness and acknowledging that there is that there is more to life than our physical needs and of course that for me includes our physical needs it includes our desires at the same time it gives us room for what's beyond Mm. And do, do I want to live a legacy? Do I want to create something with my life or do I not? And, and for me, that that's this the deep level of self-awareness because I feel like that some people just either do, don't want more or they don't know they, they want. <laughs> Doesn't matter what's the case. But first you have to acknowledge what you want and then to acknowledge that there is the why underneath the why. Like if you want more, why? Mm-hmm. And 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 to, again to to follow the track, and and I find that the the the, the way for us to reach this collective um, awakening, if you wish, is is very much tied to what you said earlier, to 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 be a part of something bigger, whichever form that. Uh, make sense to people i know for some people it's even hitting their yoga class is part of being something yeah. bigger and that's very powerful uh but again finding finding the way for you to go beyond your mundane way of existence and and also for me that that's something that i feel like most of us coaches or healers or meditation teachers strive to do with social media is to show people that there is another way of of living mm-hmm. and to offer the tools and then whoever wants to take the tools to use the tools they can but i think this is how we can reach the, a, a new level of self-awareness and i think this is this is why now the age of aquarius can be very helpful because we have the technology and technology can be used for bad it can be used for good and i think technology even this podcast right now it's it's how we use technology to share our thoughts, experiences, and to uh, inspire people. I think energy is the most powerful gift we can give to anybody. And energy is so potent. And I feel like people can feel the energy from this conversation, even even online. <laughs> yeah, I agree 100%. And I, a thousand percent, I've had people respond and say, you know, that I, I was very skeptical of, of trying to be online. So I grew up in Alaska and I, I grew up without running water and electricity. So I didn't grow up with what most people in our generation grew up with. Right. And so then later, uh, when I was in the 18, I joined the military. I thought, Oh, now I'm going to get a TV. Cause I'm on my own. You know, I, I'm going to get a TV and I bought a TV and I was like, Oh, I don't like the TV. It's distract. It's annoying. And, and so I've always had this strange relationship with technology because I would much prefer to just go sit out underneath a tree and, you know, 
turn over rocks. And I mean, I like nature very much and technology, not as much. And so, uh, and I've been teaching for many years. I love, you know, I've taught thousands and thousands of hours of workshops and yoga classes and, you know, this kind of stuff. I love the experience of it. I love being in a crowd, whether it's a crowd of two or three people or it's two or 300 or it's two or 3000. Like that is exciting. There's a reciprocal energy. And I had a significant hang up on, can I feel that? Can people feel my energy through video and, you know, or, or how does it connect? You know, who am I talking to and, and that kind of stuff. And so I had to work through that and it was uh, a lot of, for me, letting go letting go of uh, judgments that I had, you know, crop up in my childhood about this and about that, but letting go to be able to just show up and say, you know what? Authenticity shines through. Doesn't matter where you're at. If you're on the street, if you're on the stage, if you're on the zoom camera, you know, if you're speaking from the heart, you know, connecting from the heart, people feel that. And that's, what's real. And that's what the world needs. So, you know, so much of the social media is is surface level right so much of it is just ah oh, bling click you know and everyone's a look image you know look this way look that way to compare and uh and to judge each other but in the midst of all of that i think that there is a growing amount of heart-centered you know people are just realizing i think that the charade gets heavy we can only pretend so much right like and then pretty soon it's like i'm just tired of pretending. I'm going to take off the mask. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is my contribution to the world. And to me, that is the, uh, that's kind of the peak human expression. I like to say life is living in fullest expression, L-I-F-E. And so, you know, are you embracing life? Are you living in fullest expression? Do you know who you are, who you were born to be, what you were born to do, how you want to use your time on earth. What is that drive and that desire in you, that creative inspiration that needs to come out. And I promise that in order to uh, enhance the chances of achieving success, in order to set ourselves up the structure that supports the freedom or the structure that supports successful spontaneity, you know, this is a spiritual alignment. It is mind, body, soul integration. You know, it has to root down into the deepest level of who we are, the seed, the core. And then from there, the alignment comes in. And, you know, this is, uh, this is the spiritual journey. This is to me, the highest priority of life because no amount of money can fill the void of purpose. It doesn't matter how successful in business or how successful in the gym we are. If we're not happy in the heart, we do not have purpose. If we don't have passion, we are missing out. And so many people I think are missing out. You know, people talk about the fear of missing out. Like, are you missing out on life? Because life isn't someday I'm going to get there. Life is happening right now. Yes. This is life. And yes, we can work toward things that are worth working toward. Uh, and we should evaluate those goals and objectives, but the, the actual journey, the joy, the, you know, the fusion of mind, body, soul, the most, you know, elated, spiritual experience, Tantra, you know, all of this is only available right now, you know, in the, in the perpetual unfolding now anyway. So absolutely, that's and the highest also, potential. I think. Yes. Yes. And it's all synchronistic that you're saying all of this because just before the video, I was outside and I filmed a, a short video on Facebook about the importance of being in the now and why a lot of people are never happy because they're always chasing something beyond themselves, mm. uh, whether it's more money or the house or the dog or the vacation. And it's ultimately you have to feel good before you get all of these things because our mind is designed to search for more and there will always be more and unless you start to feel enough in the present moment as you said right now and that's that's really why I love my job so much because it gives me the opportunity to to help people to see that every single day is not just another day it's today the day when you can feel good this is the day. Awesome, 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 man. Well, uh, if anybody is just feeling super inspired and drawn to connect with you, what would be the best way for somebody to find you online right now? Oh, thank you so much. Uh, my uh, website is 
lunavoda.com and lunavoda means moon water in bulgarian uh, that's the name of my um, company and it represents the divine feminine energy of the of the moon and also the depths of the water and the symbolism is that you have to get in the water to wash away any limiting beliefs and to be guided on your journey to coming back home to who you are Beautiful, beautiful. I'll make sure to put a link in the in the description when this is all uploaded. It has been an honor to have you here. Thank you for sharing your story and your insight, uh, for sharing your journey with me. I um, I'm grateful. So thank you so much. Um, any thank closing so remarks? Much. Anything? Anything on your heart that you would like to share before we say goodbye? Oh, I would just want to say that it was uh, such a wonderful um, conversation and uh, every conversation takes two people uh, to be um, engaging. And thank you for asking me so many uh, wonderful questions. And again, for me, it's always important to remember that what you appreciate, appreciates back. So I want to appreciate you. And I think you're such a wonderful soul and um, and i also invite everybody who is watching to um, get in touch with your meditations and get their energy to the next level awesome. thank you so much for watching <laughs> thank you so much for your inspiration Anna marie we'll look forward to talking to you soon have a blessed day Bye-bye. thank you so much bye Okay. What a super awesome conversation. I mean, just so many gems there, like using meditation to transcend ego, uh, using meditation as a a means of fine tuning our manifestation. It's just, uh, it's amazing what we can do, the human potential, right? And it's the spiritual potential. It's the spiritual journey that gets us to that place that we all have to walk that path to see what we can do. And I think, uh, one of the big takeaways I thought was really awesome Uh, Anna Marie's insight that we can have bliss in the moment, whether we achieve our goals or not. It's not about the end state. It's about the right now. It's about embodying the moment. Uh, I love the idea of fasting as a spiritual tune-up, how to stop caring about the labels and just start embracing our own spiritual connection. So that would be my encouragement to you. Uh, Explore, be curious, embrace it, give it a try. And uh, please like, subscribe and share this conversation with your friends and we'll keep the good stuff going. I'll look forward to connecting with you again soon.